All right, I'm bringing in the second uh, speaker here. Um, this is a good friend of mine. Um, those of you who follow me know that uh, Eric and I are very good friends, um, you know, mostly because Eric uh, has a good heart for, for contractors, okay? And again, what we're really trying to do is bring awareness. I'm showcasing you guys some marketers here just to show you that like these guys will put their face in front of you and say, hey, I'm willing to put my name on my work um, when, you know, it's a very it's a very hard thing for them to be doing especially with the pressure they have to produce results every single month for you. So um, Eric, man, uh, I want to welcome you. If you don't know Eric, he's with Pathfinder Marketing. He's very bright. Uh, and listen, if your marketer isn't under the age of 30, you get rid of him, okay? Because uh, you need somebody that has used social media, understands social media, uh, and, and in this case is utilizing those skill sets uh, to generate business for you in your business. So uh, Eric is very wise beyond his years. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't speak enough good things about him. Um, so Eric's about to drop some dimes. And this isn't just Eric showcasing things that he's going to do for you. I know Eric's going to bring in some value that you can do for yourself. So listen with intent, take notes if you can. Um, I've been asked, is this going to be recorded? Guys, it takes a while to get a video like this out. So it'll be like three weeks or four weeks before I can get the video out. It'll be on the podcast, the Contractor Seekers podcast, probably in like two or three weeks. So, you know, now's the time. So let's uh, let's jump in. So I'm going to go in. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to uh, have Eric uh, be our spotlight here. I'm going to. Uh, and Austin, if you can just uh, remove your video, please. Um, we're going to let Eric take it away. Eric, are you uh, can you hear us? OK. Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Yo, Tanner, I appreciate the intro too, man. Like, if I ever get married, man, you're you're doing that intro. That was good. I'm fired up. <laughs> All right, brother. Go ahead. Take it away, man. Bring us. Bring, yeah. bring us. No, I, I appreciate you guys. Uh, I see a lot of familiar faces and stuff in the chat too. Um, so it's cool to see a bunch of you guys. Um, I got some cool stuff to go through. Honestly, I feel like I got too much to go through. So uh, we're we're gonna hit the ground running. Um, I didn't put any cool like slides about like who I am or whatever. So uh, just to give you guys some some really really quick background, the the 30 second version of my story. Uh, when I was in college, I got into marketing um, through the e-commerce world and started working for a really big remodeling company uh, in Ohio, right? And when I say big remodeling company, I mean, that's that's relative, right? So they were doing about 13 to 15 million a year, give or take a little bit. And I started working there in the call center, um, calling home advisor leads, Facebook leads, Google leads, all of it, right? Um, quickly started climbing the ranks in that company, taking on more important leads, uh, taking almost like an assistant manager role inside of that call center, our sales team, et cetera. Also took over all their Facebook ads, <clears throat> et cetera. Um, long story short, then eventually dropped out of school, uh, started doing this for other companies, fell in love with the painting space. And uh, you know, three years later, three years later, we're here. Um, we've worked with a lot of people. We've worked with like some of the biggest names in the industry. A lot of the uh, People you guys probably look up to in this space, a lot of the, the influencers out there, if you will, um, we've probably run their ads or, or worked with them or consulted with them on some basis or another. Um, so that's just a quick uh, 30 second version of who I am. We're going to dive into some fun stuff. <clears throat> so. <clears throat> All right, so we're gonna dive into some really fun stuff. Obviously, you guys know. Facebook is my bread and butter. Um, I know I, I can I can hang with Austin, you know, and talk with some of that stuff, but uh, but I'm not on that level, you know. So I'm a Facebook guy by trade. Uh, I'm not going to bore you guys with a lot of the tiny little details of like how to set up all the little nitpicky things, because uh, I realize a lot of you guys don't care about that too much. Um, and more than that, uh, we can just Google those things later and figure it out. Right. I'm going to cover more of the high level, more of the stuff that's actually going to be the most impactful here. Right. Um, 
the one tactical thing I do want to cover really quickly is boosting posts versus running ads. Okay. I talk to a lot of painters all the time. Like, yeah, I've, I've tried Facebook before. Uh, when I come to find out they've just boosted some posts, didn't see a lot of results, got some junk leads, whatever. Right. Not surprising. Okay. So there's a big difference. <laughs> so you guys have probably seen this before. Uh, a lot of times you'll get a notification on your mobile device saying, hey, do you want to boost this post? Post, And you can see right here on the screen, on the screenshot on the left, you know, reach 950 more people for $10, right? Um, and then as you can see over on the right, you have a couple options, some things you can do with targeting, some demographics, all that good stuff. Um, however, uh, you don't get nearly the options you do. Uh, when you actually run an ad. Okay. Um, so if you actually go to ads manager, Facebook ads manager, set up an account, set up a business manager account. Um, it's literally just business.facebook.com. Okay. Um, that is where we can set up um, actual ads and have a lot more targeting capabilities. So you should get to a screen that looks like this. I just wanted to put this here so you have a visual. Obviously, I had to block out some, some confidential information, um, but you should get to a screen that looks like this. If you see this screen, you're in the right place it can look really, really overwhelming, okay? It's not that overwhelming. Um, if you literally just click around on this website, you'll you'll figure a lot of it out pretty quickly. Um, you can hit me up for help. You can Google a lot of the stuff and it, it can be really simple in terms of actually setting it up. But here, you're gonna have a lot more capabilities than just simply, oh, Tanner, I don't know if it's letting me go backwards. Then just, just what you saw on the first screen, right? You'll have a lot more capabilities. Um, I just want to cover that first and foremost, get that out of the way, right? There's a huge difference between boosting posts and, and actually running ads. And you want to be running ads. It's where you're going to have a lot more capabilities to target and get in front of the people you want to get in front of. Um, where Facebook gets a lot different, guys, than Google or some of these other things is uh, a lot matters with the copy and the creative and other components of it, a lot less the technical little details. Facebook is very much a science and those details and targeting and everything matters, but it's also very much an art as well. Right. And you have to have that harmony for these to be successful. So I literally pulled an example uh, of one of our best performing ads a, a while back. Uh, copy. I'm going to break the whole thing down with you guys. Um, literally nothing, nothing held back here. Right. Um, so on the left, you have an example here of what this ad would look like. Right. This is what somebody would see in their Facebook news feed. You see a, a big before and after here. Beautiful Texas home brick painted over to white the whole nine yards. You got the first few lines of copy. See more. I put the whole copy over here so we can break it down. I'm going to read this out to you guys, and then I'll actually break down why a lot of this worked. Okay. Um, so the copy reads this. <clears throat> hey, North Dallas homeowners, we want to do something crazy to give back to our community this year. For a few homeowners, we're going to include 15% off any exterior painting project, professional, veteran-owned, and the highest quality work in town. We only have a handful of openings in our schedule, and this sale is only available until those spots are filled. Click get quote below to claim your savings before it's too late. Okay. And I've run a variation of this different ad all across the country uh, for a handful of different clients. And uh, it's performed really, really well most of the time. Okay. Um, so let's break down some of the copy. Like why, why does this work? Why is a copy like this so effective? Um, and how can you make it your own? Right. There's a handful of components, okay? Um, any, any copy, this is just fundamental. Uh, anytime you're writing copy, that, that text you're gonna see in these ads, right? Um, first and foremost, we, we need to have a hook, right? When I say a hook, it's gonna be something that catches their attention, right? It's gonna be that common pain point or it's gonna be calling out that audience, right? If you see me or Austin or Tanner, 
make a post. We want to get your attention. We're going to be like, attention painting contractors, right? It's going to be the same thing here. We're going to say, hey, Denver area homeowners, hey, North Dallas homeowners, looking to get your house painted, question mark, right? All those things are going to be hooks. They're going to draw in your ideal audience. And that's all we want to do in that first line or two. We want to hook them in and continue and, and keep them continue to read, to, to read, right? Think about it. If somebody's on their phone scrolling on Facebook, right? It is a little different. The nature of it is different. That doesn't mean they're not good leads or they're not, you know, whatever. You're going to have good and bad leads on all platforms, right? But if somebody's scrolling on Facebook, we need to stop their scroll. We need to get them to pay attention, right? And we're going to do that in that hook, in that those first couple of lines, get them to continue reading, okay? Another key component we're going to have in any successful ad is we need an offer, right? What's the so what? Like, why does it matter? Why do I care? Why should I, why should I not just scroll past and why should I like click on this thing? Right. Typically, that's some sort of uh, promotional offer, right? $500 off. You saw in that last example, $15, 15% off, right? Uh, free color consultation. You, you could go down the list. There's tons and tons of different offers. Um, but that is the reason, right? What's that reason that they're going to care and they're going to want to click on it and not just scroll past it, right? Otherwise, they can just screenshot it and come back later, right? Uh, so we need to have something along those lines in there. Very similar, we want to have some sort of urgency, okay? Again, why should they click your ad now? Or should they just save it and come back later when they're ready? Or should they click it now, right? How do we put some of that urgency in? I want you guys to do this ethically. You see a lot of marketers um, kind of go down the wrong path with this, where uh, you know they'll say, for the next five homeowners, you, you guys probably see marketers just like me and Austin doing this sometimes, you guys, right? Um, where it's like, oh, the next five, but we all know dang well, it's not going to be for the next five people that it'll be for as many as they can sell off of it, right? So we want to do this ethically. Consumers are getting smarter and smarter than they've ever been, right? They're people just like us. They're smarter than they've ever been. They sniff that stuff out immediately, right? So we want to be really, really ethical. Um, if you saw in the example uh, I put in the ad before, right? It was saying we only have a handful of spots available in the schedule and these spots are only available until that's filled, right? That is vague enough. And that can be completely ethical. Like, obviously, if you were booked out for a year, you would have to take the ad down, of course, right? So we are being more ethical with our urgency. Um, and that's a big piece of this, right? Uh, making sure that urgency is coming off authentic, but giving them a reason to click now, right? If they're interested, why do they need to click now? Why can't they wait? Um, and then ultimately, a call to action, okay? Um, we need to tell them uh, exactly what to do and how to claim that offer. This sounds silly, guys, but literally spell it out to them. Spell it out to them like you would your children, like you would when you're writing an SOP. Make it so simple and easy. You saw in that one, it was literally click, quote, get offer below to claim your savings, right? Click blank somewhere on this page, fill out your information and we'll send you X, Y, Z, right? You gotta make it crystal, crystal clear for them exactly how to claim it. Um, and we found that that helps significantly. So these are just a few key components you're gonna wanna have in any ad. And the reason I wanted to cover this rather than the technical of like how you set all this up is because this can apply to all of it, guys. A lot of the same concepts, I'm sure Austin would tell you, applies to you know website content, website conversion. A lot of this will apply to, you, know, you want to make a post in a Facebook group with homeowners and get some free leads, follow the same exact framework, right? It's going to be a little different because you're going to be speaking to a different audience, but you get the idea and you can follow this same exact framework, right? Is there a hook? Is there an offer? Is there urgency and some sort of call to action? Bonus if you can put some sort of a story in there, some sort of personal thing, some sort of reason why you're doing this, right? Why are you doing the sale? That would be a bonus point if you can include that as well. Um, so those are those are the foundational components I want to cover. 
Um, and I think those are the most important pieces. However, this is, this is the part I'm actually more excited to speak on here. The sad reality of all of this is that most painters get punched in the face when they start paid marketing. Okay. And I know that is a dramatic statement, uh, but we've worked with hundreds of painters across the country and I've seen it firsthand, right? A lot of you guys, when you start paid marketing, it's going to be a rude awakening. There's a couple of reasons why, right? It's not a lot of the normal reasons you would think because it all works, right? Facebook works, Google works, the ads we run, Austin, you know, uh, direct mail, Angie, Craftjack, like it literally all works, okay? The remodeling company I was working at before, we spent over 10 grand a month on HomeAdvisor. You're only spending that much if it's working, okay? You can find quality leads in all of these places. Email, TV, you get the idea, right? Um, but most painters fail with paid marketing simply because of their sales process. Uh, leads from paid marketing are significantly different from referral and word of mouth. And I bet most of you guys on here, that's been the majority of your business, right? For a lot of the people we speak with, uh, that's been the majority of their business or they've tried a few other things. They spent like 200 bucks on home advisor here, or there, or something like that, right? Never really gave it a full effort, never really actually figured it out. Okay. And we need to understand that these are significantly different leads and we have to have a different approach to them. Right. Um, Oh, I think it slipped, skipped a slide, Tanner. That's nah, all good. Okay. Um, a, a lot of people will get confused. A lot of people struggle with this. Meanwhile, there is a small group of painters, right, that have figured this out and they consistently rack in all the money and it feels like they have some sort of magic solution, right? So <clears throat> this more or less is, you know, how I consistently turn bad leads into great leads uh, who schedule estimates and actually pay us money, okay? Uh, and it starts with the very first phone call. A lot of people will take that appointment setting process, that first phone call, and they blow it off, right? They think it's some sort of secretarial job. Uh, they leave it up to drip jobs. And Tanner gave me that amazing intro. You know how much I love drip jobs. We literally recommend all of our clients to it. But I cannot tell you how many times a client is struggling with something and we find out they, they were just leaving it up to that. They weren't, they weren't actually putting any uh, manual hours in on their end either, right? A lot of people leave this up just to you know, some admin person, what have you, when this is a foundational part of your sales process, your, uh, th that first phone call you make with the lead is the start of your sales process. That is where it all starts. That is the first impression. That's, that's how it all begins, right? And if it's done correctly, you'll not only convert more of your leads into appointments, no matter where you're getting them from, Google, even your word of mouth, Facebook, Home advisor, et cetera. Not only will you get more leads turning into appointments, but these leads will be more excited to speak to you than any other contractor. And if you are getting leads from a lead aggregator, right, like a Craftjack and Angie, whatever, imagine how valuable that can be because you're going to have five people at that estimate, right? And this, this is how I've consistently done that. Okay. Um, so, this is the framework I've used. This is the framework I reiterated on at Thiel's. I'm literally going to go through this with you guys. I'll drop it in the chat after. Uh, so you guys will have a copy of it. Um, but this is the framework that I reiterated on while I was at Thiel's. Uh, this is the very best that, that we were able to create and how we've adapted it um, to the painting space as well. Okay. I'm going to go through this with you guys and, uh, and just break it down. So when we make that first phone call, um, this is actually where I wanted to. Tanner, I don't know if this would be possible. Um, but this is where I wanted to, if we can, I, I would love to see an example. Yeah, I figured it out. Well, I mean, I can have someone raise their hand. <laughs> Yo, so anybody, anybody, if somebody wants to volunteer as tribute, I would love for somebody to jump on real quick um, and walk me through what their initial phone call looks All like. All right, well, let's start. Let me break this down first. It's got to be somebody that has bought leads, 
is buying leads, understands that flow. If you've never bought leads, you're probably not going to be a good example here. Um, but we can, uh, all right. So, uh, Danny, Danny might be cheating. He's been a client for like two Danny's years. Cheating. Oh, Danny's cheating. All right. I got, are, is, is Justina Kowalowski one of your clients? No, I don't know. All Justine. right, Justina, I'm going to bring you in. Okay. Yeah. She can't respond to me. Here we go. All right. I'm gonna... <laughs> All right, Justina, I just allowed you to talk. Hey, Tanner. Hey, I'm hey. <laughs> Welcome. Justina's awesome, dude. She's, uh, she's going to be a good, uh, candidate. Oh, here. Amazing. Go ahead. amazing. I think we have briefly spoke Eric. So I just want to say, Hey, again, I think hey. we did some messaging back and forth very briefly, um, okay. before the new year. Awesome. So Justine, Tanner, Tanner speaks highly of you here. So I want to hear, um, new lead comes in no matter yeah. where um, you call them ring, ring. I pick up the phone. I'm like, hello, what, what's happening there? What are you saying? Well, the first thing I do is I introduce myself. I say, hi, my name's Justina and I'm the owner of Busy Bee Painting Company. And then usually depending on where the lead's coming from, say it's Angie's List, there is a specific way that I go about those leads, opposed to like someone who already knows that they had messaged my business or like something of the sort of that nature. So usually it's one or two. Um, typically for Angie's leads, you know, I immediately say, I know that you've probably been contacted by other contractors, um, but I'm just here to offer, you know, if you would like to get a quote that we could set one up and give you just a little bit of business information about me. Um, and I also explain that they don't always get it right because we all know that Angie's leads sometimes sends leads to people who don't even think like they're looking sure. for a lead more or less. <laughs> so I like to clear the air and just make them comfortable to start because there's a lot you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there and there's a lot of scams that go on, you know, go on too. So usually I set the tone that way and, you know, more or less it just ends up, you know, my retention rate for Angie's leads is like 40 or 50%. So that's really good considering um, how tough it is to get through to some of those customers. Now for like a typical customer that I know has already reached out to my, you know, business or hit up the the drip jobs link, I call them and I just say, hi, this is just, you know, a busy bee painting company. We got your lead um, information. And I just wanted to call, you know, to get a few more specifics. Now, if it's just, if it's cut and dry and they're just sending the drip link and they put all the information in there, I usually call them to confirm the appointment and go over any questions briefly. And then at the appointment itself is where I open up and kind of get into more like the nitty gritty. So assuming they didn't, because obviously if somebody gets that automated text, fills out the drip job links, that's, that's a really hot lead. Yeah. For I love uh, those. <laughs> They're really like cut and dry <laughs> and to the point. It makes life simpler, uh, but there's are those other customers that want to hear a voice. So, so those ones, if I'm, if I'm hearing you right, those yeah. ones that, uh, that come through, we're calling them, uh, we're introducing ourselves, we're, we're clearing the air a little bit, which I love. And then yeah. going into scheduling the appointment and finding the time for them. Getting that contact information is crucial because with the information you can do so much after the fact, you know what I mean? Like you might not talk to that person again for a week. They might've had surgery. They might've had, you know, to go out of town. There might be a lot of reasons why you never got to that appointment. They might reschedule, but if you don't have that initial contact information with their name and I don't even push for addresses so much, because sometimes people are even weird about that. I'm like, even your cell phone, you know, and your email is fine. And it kind of just, you know, you have to feel every customer out, I think, is a big key to your success um, in landing leads. Because, again, let's be honest, there's some people that are just more weary and difficult than others. And that's okay, too. It's just initially figuring that person out, more or less, um, and going from there is usually how I play it. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that is your process. I, I Thank you so much for sharing, by the way. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. And I do remember, now that I heard Busy Bees painting, I do remember a conversation. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but that guy's that that is better than probably like 90% of what I what I see. So that's awesome. Um, Justine, I think you're still gonna get a lot of that this out of this. There's from that 30 second explanation, there's probably a few things I would shift around and change. But that was a great example, guys. Um, more than that, what's probably the average? I want you guys to think about how you normally intro those calls. Maybe some. Are, of you, guys- are you planning on doing a back and forth? Because I got someone else who raised their hand. Uh, we can. Let me go through the framework first. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, cool. yeah, if we have time, we'll, we can do that. Um, but uh, but guys, think about how you intro calls, right? maybe you guys have actually never thought of this. I know a lot of times when clients start with us is one of the first things we do with them to get them some quick wins. And most of them don't even really, like they're just winging it every single time, right? Typically one of the most common things we hear is, uh, hey, Tanner, hey, Tanner, this is Eric with uh, Pathfinder Painting. How are you, right? Can work great for a referral word of mouth lead. However, you know, just like Christine said, you have an Angie's list lead. You have something different. It, it's gotta be a slightly different process, Okay. Um, so I want to share with you guys our framework. This is what we would, we would use this for everything. So the cool part is you can adapt this framework to all sorts of stuff. Um, and you'll see how it can be molded. Okay. So this is my intro of every single call. Um, I say, you know, Hey, is this whatever, whatever my name of the lead is, if it's Tanner, Hey, is this Tanner? Hey, Tanner, this is Eric with Thiel's home solutions. That was a company I worked at. Uh, you were just on whatever lead source. You were just on Angie's list. You were just on Facebook or Instagram. Took advantage of that special, whatever promotion we're currently running. Real quick, just to double check, this is for a home that you own and live in, correct? Now, let me break that down a little bit because this is this is one of the most important parts, right? Those first few seconds, making them comfortable. Just like we talked about the hook and the first two lines in your ad, same thing. This is gonna be one of the most important spots. Um, if they did come from an Angie's list or something like that, right? And there wasn't any special offer in our direct marketing, we would just literally say, um, you took advantage of a special, of a special savings we're running, right? So we didn't necessarily say we we were going to offer something to them when we were out selling in the house. Um, and this made it stand out and a little bit different. Okay. One of the most important parts here, guys, is not leaving a space between this, right? What the reason that that example I gave you guys of the average painter, that's, you know, Hey, this is so-and-so with so-and-so painting. How are you? The reason that will struggle a lot of times is because you leave a space there for them to go, ah, sorry, I'm, I'm busy right now. Hey, can you call back later? Right. You got to remember, put yourself in the buyer's shoes. They are not business owners like us. They don't take 10, 15 phone calls a day, uh, talking to homeowners, talking to project managers, et cetera. That's, that's not what they're doing every day. So they get a phone call out of the blue from a number they weren't expecting. Maybe their kid's out of town. They thought it was something with that, right? They're kind of caught off guard. They're nervous, what, what, what have you. A lot of times that's the case. And a lot of times these people are really good leads. It's just a matter of how we approach it, okay? Um, so- don't leave a space here. This is one of the most common mistakes I saw uh, new people in the call center that we were training make as well. So this is how I do it like live. Be like, hey, is this Tanner? Hey, Tanner, this is Eric from Thiel's Home Solutions. You were just on Facebook or, in- or Instagram and took advantage of that special 15% off savings we're running right now. Real quick, just to double check, this is for a home that you own and live in, correct? So you saw there was no space there, right? I'm not leaving time for them to jump in and be like, ah, oh, I-, I gotta go, right? Uh, I'm going right through to that first question. Now, you don't need to use this, this exact question. It's a great one to ask. It's what we found to be the best here. But if you want to change that, my uh, ideology here is it needs to be a simple yes or no question. Easy for them to answer. Doesn't require much brain power, right? Uh, something simple. We just need to get them in the conversation so that then that comfort can start. We need to get past that first five seconds, okay? Um, 
then I'm going to transition there and be like, uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, perfect. So tell me, Tanner, what exactly were you looking to do with your painting project, your cabinet project, whatever it is, right? Now we can have them brain dump because now they're in the conversation. They're a little bit more comfortable with us. They were reminded of who we are, what company we're with, where they found us, what, what was the so what, right? What was the thing they took advantage of? So they know who we are. Um, they're in the conversation now. Now we can have them brain dump and tell us all the stuff about their project. Okay. And you'll find when you do it this way, that people will share a lot more here because they are more in the conversation. Right. So I'm going to say, uh, so tell me, Tanner, what exactly were you looking to do with your painting project? It's like, well, you know, the, the kids moved out. So we're looking to repaint most of the interior, um, you know, a couple of the kids rooms upstairs, whatever. Right. Um, from there, I have some example questions here, but once they brain dump, this is a process we call chunking down. Any one of our clients that comes to our coaching calls, you hear me talk about this a lot, right? Chunking down. It essentially is just asking more questions. And we specifically want to ask questions to help people find certain pain points, okay? In my opinion, in my sales ideology, it is unethical uh, and wrong to help or to create pain points for people. In my opinion, that is wrong. However, in my opinion as well, it is my duty and obligation as a good salesperson to help the customer find pain points maybe they were not aware that they currently had. So we are not going to create pain points. However, a lot of these customers are going to be uneducated and we will help them find pain points. Maybe they didn't actually even realize we're there, right? Uh, maybe they didn't realize some of the you know paint was chipping here and it was dinged up or, or what have you, right? Uh, so we're going to ask a lot of those questions. God, how long has it been since you last painted your house? They might realize like, shoot, I don't even know. Like, probably since we moved in, right? You'll hear some of that sometimes. Cool. Amplifying a pain point they didn't even realize was there. Um, another big one, we want to see if they have any colors, if there's any like colors, styles, things like that they've started to pick out. Um, one, you can just utilize this when you actually show up to the house for the estimate. Uh, but also, what does it do? It gets the customer talking about what they're most excited about. Right. They're not excited about that you're going to prep this and how it's applied and the difference between emerald urethane or something. I, I don't know, guys. I'm not a production guy, but like you get the idea, right? They, they don't care about any of that stuff. Um, they care about their project and changing the colors and having it be a space they love again and, and what have you. Uh, so we want them to talk about the stuff they're most excited about and it's going to position us on their side. Um, Another great example, have you noticed uh, any scuffs, dents, damage, damage on any of the walls? This is a, an example for like an interior project, right? Maybe they have. Again, they, maybe they're like, you know, nobody's been in that basement for years. The kids used to play soccer down there. Yeah, now that you say that, I think there are a couple, couple spots that may need some drywall work, right? That very well may happen. Um, and you get it. And the goal of this section here, guys, is to help them find the pain points they didn't realize they currently had and just sell a tiny bit to them. We don't want to give them the whole cake. This is a big mistake I see people do here as well is then they just, they go for 10 minutes on how they, you know, patch drywall and prep this and all this stuff, which again, though, they don't care. They've only been talking to you for like four minutes at this point, <laughs> right? So we just want to, we, we want to find the problem and then hint at a solution. 
Okay. Um, so like for an example here, um, they say, you know, yeah, the things are beat up and dented and whatever. Got it, man. That's no, no fun. It's definitely time to freshen up the space. Then on every project, this is just kind of a general example, right? On every project, we actually go through a thorough prep, prep process before applying any paint to it. That way, all those damages are fixed uh, and you're getting a paint job that'll actually stand the test of time. But Kathy, we can go over more of that uh, when we're out of the house and then transition, right? So we're just hinting at it a tiny, tiny bit. This is a pretty generalized example, but think of how that applies to you and your company, okay? To give you an example from a different industry, this is, I think, one of the most powerful ones and one of the best examples to learn this from. Um, when I was working at the remodeling company, we did a lot of bathroom remodeling, uh, and we used an acrylic material specifically, right? This is something that company did that a lot of others wouldn't. Um, so one thing we would often ask is, have you noticed uh, you know, any mold or mildew around the caulking or the grout and tile? And if they said, they'd be like, yeah, I didn't even realize, but yeah. And then we would just briefly explain how we use an acrylic material. It's a non-porous material. So it's not going to absorb that water or moisture. 10 second explanation, right? Don't need to harp on it too, too much because we, we want them still craving more on the appointment. If they feel like we, they know everything we have to say, they don't want to hear anymore, right? Um, so we're going to go through this. <clears throat> so perfect. Tanner, tell me what exactly you're looking to do with the project going to go through a few questions, find some of those pain points, sell just a little bit to it. Um, and then what Eric, I like, can I, can I stop you one second? I got a question that came in from Elijah. Yeah. Just, um, he asked the question, what do you mean by pain point? Can you just hit that real quick? Yeah. Um, anything that, I mean, I guess to describe pain point, anything that would aggravate the customer, anything that would amplify, uh, the reason for them to want to get this project done. Right. Tanner's like famous sales question. Uh, I don't know, at least I think it's your famous sales question is what's the story when you get to the house, right? Sure. They're going to tell you about the project, but you want to listen for like, why that, why they actually want to get this done? Like, did the kids just move out? Do they hate the house now? Cause it's outdated and it's ugly. Has it not been done in 10 years and it's just dirty and filthy. Like there's some sort of pain point there, some sort of reason that they want to get this project done. And that's what we need to find out. What's, what's the things that are actually motivating them to get this done? Most people probably didn't just wake up and be like, you know, today's a good day to get my house painted, right? There's something else there. And that's what we need to find. Cool. Um, <clears throat> so that's where we're going to find these. Uh, another big part that I see a lot of people mess up on uh, their initial call is uh, we, we don't figure out if both decision makers are going to be there, right? So then we go to the call, we don't close the deal. And then we come to Eric's coaching calls and we're like, oh, they said they need to talk to their husband and wife, which is like an uh, objection you'll get all the time. Like there's certain things you can't do to avoid it. However, uh, just by putting this into your initial call framework, you will save yourself a lot of the hassle. Um, I personally, we, we were a big company, very corporate. I was not allowed to book a call or to book a, an, an estimate if I did not have both people there. If one of our sales guys showed up at the house and both decision makers weren't there, they would turn around and leave. And I'm not saying that's the right way to do it. I kind of disagree with a lot of that. Um, but just to give you some perspective on a way to think about it. So the way I like to do this is after I probe and find some of those pain points, I sell a little bit to it. Um, I make it really, really casual, right? I'm like, and by the way, Tanner, I'm sorry, I forgot to ask earlier. Is it just you in the home? Okay, this is the best way I found to do this because this can be an uncomfortable question, right? If you're like, are you the only decision maker? Are you the only homeowner? It can be a little uncomfortable. We used to ask at the beginning of the framework. We played around with a lot of different ways to doing this. This is what we found works best. 
most of the time. Okay. And you can word these a little differently to make it sound comfortable to you. Right. You can be like, by the way, Dan, I'm sorry. I forgot to ask earlier. Uh, is it just you in the home or you know, family members, pets? Like you can add context there, uh, to make it feel comfortable for you and how you speak. Um, but this is what we found is best. And they're, they're typically going to tell you that, um, not only are you going to find out decision maker, but you're also going to find out other information that may or may not be helpful. They might be like, well, no, me, my husband, uh, we've got two little girls and a uh, you know, really big golden retriever, but I promise he's friendly or something. Okay, cool. Now you or your sales guy, when you go out there, you're prepared for that. You know, you have a little bit of rapport already, et cetera. So it also provides some extra bonuses, but more than that, we know there's another decision maker. Okay. And now I'm going to go into actually pitching and selling the appointment from here. Okay. I've got all the information I need. I know the project they're planning. I know they're the homeowner. I know it's the type of project I want because they brain dumped on it. Um, I, I know who the decision makers are going to be. Now I can pitch the appointment. And I want you to listen to how I said that. Pitch the appointment. Our job on this call is to sell, but we are selling the appointment. Okay. We're not just scheduling. We need to sell the appointment and have them excited for it. What's in it for them. So this is how I always do it. So I'd say, uh, perfect. Um, so Tanner, what I'm actually going to do is uh, set you up with one of our designers. That was the verbiage we used, but it could be estimators, one of our guys, whatever. Um, perfect. So Tanner, what I'm actually going to do is set you up with one of our estimators. Uh, that way they can come out to the house, take a few measurements, uh, show you some of the different color choices, go over all the details with you, and ultimately leave you with a price right down to the penny. That way, if or when you do decide to get this done, you already know how much it's going to cost and you can plan and budget from there. That being said, Tana, are you and your wife normally at home together in the morning, afternoon, or evening? Okay. So breaking that down a little bit, why is this so effective? What's in it for them? I'm telling them how we're, how one, we are going to set up an estimate. I'm not leaving it up to them. Uh, I'm assuming that. And I'm going to tell them what's in it for them. We're going to go over some of those different color choices. Maybe if they told us they have colors in mind, I'm going to bring that up here, right? We're going to go over some of the you know lighter shades and colors you want to see that'll really brighten the space. What's in it for them? Go over all the details with you, right? What's in it for them? And what's the thing on most of these homeowners' mind? How much is it actually going to cost them, right? So we're going to leave you with a price right down to the penny. Again, what's in it for them? Um, and again, then removing a little bit of the pressure. That way, if or when you do decide it's something you want to do, you'll know how much it'll cost and you can plan a budget from there. Again, what's in it for them? Okay, so now they should be excited about it. Not only did they just talk about everything they're excited about, uh, but now we just explained how this process is going to be all about them and leave them with the information they need and desire. Okay, and then you can see I just transitioned immediately. I didn't, I didn't leave any space there. I didn't ask them if they wanted to. I just transitioned immediately. So Tanner, when are you and your wife typically home together? The morning, afternoon, or evening? Okay. I just assumed the appointment. And if I found out there was another decision maker there, I just clumped them right in it. Right. And that's why I like to have that beforehand. So I'm not asking for the appointment, then asking if there needs to be other people there and then trying to get a different time because that time doesn't work for their husband. Right. It's way easier just to find it out uh, beforehand. Okay. Um, the rest of the call is pretty simple from there. Obviously, we're just going to schedule it. A uh, little pro tip with scheduling appointments. Um, always offer two times. Okay. Uh, so like you can see, it's actually here in the framework. Uh, okay, great. looks like we actually have some available as soon as this Friday. Uh, I have a 5 PM or a 7 PM available. Which one of those would be better for you? I'm always going to give them two options. If I'm just like, do you have any available that'll be Friday? They can be like, no. Well, what about Monday? 
No, that day doesn't work either. I can do Wednesday afternoon. Ah, I'm busy that day, right? And it just creates this like really weird dynamic. Uh, if you guys have ever been in that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So we always want to offer two times and it changes that dynamic. Um, so if I'm like, hey, uh, you know, I know you said evening normally works best. Uh, it looks like we have some availability as soon as this Wednesday. I could do Wednesday at 5 p.m. or I could also do Thursday at 7 p.m. Which one of those would work better for you? Not do any of those work for you, but which one would be better, right? Again, I'm not going to let them go, well, neither of those would work. And they're probably going to say, well, that would be better. Could you do a little later if they need to, right? And it just is a much smoother process. Pretty simple. Um, go ahead and just confirm the appointment and then get any other information you need, right? So if you need an address, if you need something else, perfect. I'll go ahead and get that locked in for you. Um, and by the way, what's the full address of the house? What's the zip code? Any other information you may or may not have had, most lead sources, depending on where you're running, sometimes you'll have different information um, and all that good stuff. Um, beyond that, then the last little thing I like to do is set the expectation for what's going to happen next, where I tell them, uh, perfect, I'll get this plugged in here. Just as a heads up, we will call the day before just to confirm and make sure we have all the right information. Um but Kathy, that's all we got. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'll see you at blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, so I let them know, like, I am going to be contacting them the day before to confirm. If you guys aren't already confirming your appointments, um, I definitely recommend it. Uh, this step may sound a little unnecessary because um, then you actually have to follow through on it, right? And confirm the appointment the day before. You're probably like, well, Eric, I haven't had somebody not show up for an appointment ever. Why would I confirm my appointments? Again, it's not just that. Um, it's also the quality of it, right? So we confirm the appointment. We, they're going to remember our whole conversation. They're going to talk about the project again a little bit, get excited for it. It shows our professionalism, et cetera. And again, if they're having three estimates out, how do we stand apart, right? So even if you haven't had anybody not be prepared when you showed, showed up at the house or whatever, one, I promise you will have it uh, as you scale. And as you grow to those levels, it'll start happening more and more. That's just part of the game and, and growing a company. Um, but even if you haven't, it'll make your estimates higher quality. They'll be more excited. They're, they're going to remember it more, et cetera. Okay. Um, so that's the main part of the framework. How are we on time, Tanner? Okay, cool. Um, we're jumping into uh, the Q&A. So we got a 10-minute Q&A if you want to do that. Did you okay. have one that you wanted to hit? For sure. Um, yeah, let me just kind of hit a couple of key points super quick here. I told you I had a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just a couple of things, uh, a couple of like high level things that I feel like I typically ask a lot. Speed to lead is important, right? With all of your paid marketing, you guys have probably heard it before, calling the first five minutes, et cetera. It is important. Uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. The quicker you can call, the better, okay? Um, follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up. Guys, I cannot tell you how many times I've had a client come to me and be like, Eric, these leads suck or whatever. And I'm like, well, what's going on? And we talked through it and they've only called them once. And I'm like, call five times. And then magically they have a lot of estimates and are closing a bunch of deals, right? It's not referrals and word of mouth. It's not you call one or two times and then forget about it. It is follow, follow, follow up. I have a whole other training I could do just on uh, follow up. We obviously don't have time for it. I wanted to give you guys what I call like the minimum viable product. Uh, this is what I recommend to all of our clients that are like busy owner operators and don't have the time uh, you know, to do this whole intricate, crazy process. It's simple, it's easy, and you can implement it, okay? 10, 10 calls, uh, 10, 10 different days. So 10-day follow-up process, 10 calls, leave a voicemail every other day. Here's your voicemail framework. I'll send you guys these slides after if you want. We can share them in chat or email, blast them out or whatever. Um, pretty simple voicemail uh, in one text, 
one text that first day if you don't hear from them. Okay. I'll break this text down just a tiny bit. Um, hey, Tanner, it's Eric with Fields Home Solutions. You were just on whatever traffic source a little bit ago and took advantage of the savings. Were you still interested in getting blanked? I always love to uh, put those texts ending on a question, right? Because it gives them a reason to respond, right? And not just like, were you interested in scheduling an estimate? Because you put a lot of friction there. Just like, hey, were you still interested in getting your painting project completed? It's simple. They just respond yes. And then we can be like, okay, cool. I'd love to get some more information about the project. When's the best time for me to give you a call? It's an easier dynamic. We're lowering the friction there for people. So if you guys want to screenshot this slide, you can. Um, this is that minimum uh, viable product in terms of follow-up. Um, but yeah, I have a whole other training on all this that we could do uh, another time. But that is all I got. And I put a nice little dog meme at the end for you guys for questions. But Fire, man. I love it. You know, and I think... Uh... You guys really got to understand that, um, you know, this follow-up process is really important. <laughs> I mean, you got, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that. I'm going to, this is a nice transition into my, uh, into my presentation uh, coming up here in a few minutes, but I want to take a good time, uh, a little bit of time to discuss uh, some Q&A. So if you guys want to participate, just raise your hand. I'll bring you up and you can talk to Eric if you have any questions. Um, Eric, someone asked, is it possible to get a copy of that script? Yeah. Yeah. Let me, I'll literally grab the link right now and drop it in the chat for you guys. Yeah. So just a heads up guys. Um, we're still, we're moving quick today to get the most out of your time to give you the most value. If you have any questions, go ahead and ask them now. Um, again, listen throughout your, your day on the car, uh, in the car or, uh, on the job site, on the go, like, you know, this isn't like, you don't have to be right in front of a computer. You can just still get the knowledge. Right. Um, Q &A. I got some, uh, questions coming in again, raise your hand. If you want me to bring you up, uh, Elijah, has a question here. Simple question with the, with the appointment. Okay. On one day. Okay. With the, all right. See, so Elijah has a drip uh, set up um, one day before the appointment. What have you seen a success for text reminders versus call reminders a day before? Um, depends on where you're at in the business. If you're a, a busy owner operator, I understand. I'd prefer a call. It's going to be more personal. You can, you can hear other things. Right. You can hear if they're kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, you're not quite really like ready for it. Um, you can ask additional questions if you need to. Um, the call confirmation framework I use, um, one, we're going to confirm all their information. Uh, like we got the right address correct. We got the right house number, all that sort of stuff, which again, you guys may be like, I never really run into that right now. If it's as you grow to the heights you want to grow and you have salespeople, guys, I cannot tell you how many times we confirmed an appointment and we had the address wrong by a letter or a number. And that would have caused a problem for the sales rep. So one, I confirm the information and then I reconfirm the project details. Okay. How many times have you guys gotten to a project? They're like, they told me it was a whole interior. Now they only want two rooms painted, right? I'm going through that again. I'm going, Hey, and just to double check my notes, I have blah, 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 blah for the project. We're looking at some of these colors, et cetera. And we're going to confirm and see if any of those things have changed, et cetera. Um, so that gets hard to do over a text message. If you are going to confirm it over a text message because you, you tell yourself the story that you don't have time or what have you, um, I would at the very, very, very least um, make it a question, right? Rather than just an automated reminder that feels automated, set up the automated text because Drip, Drip Jobs does a great job of not making them feel automated. But I would make it a question where it's like, Hey, Kathy, uh, I have a scheduled for blah, 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 blah. Uh, just to confirm this is the right address or just to confirm I have the right time, correct? Question mark. So, something they have to respond to uh, so you know if they're prepared and ready for the appointment. Oh, 
Dude, I love I love this. And I want you guys to understand this is liftoff 2023, right? We're talking about things that are going to help you adjust to how the market's changing. Okay. And we're going to talk about that. Super excited because that's kind of where we're heading into. But I just want you guys to understand these concepts that you're learning mostly are out of survival. Okay. This isn't really just like, oh yeah, I'll try Google and SEO and, and Google ads, or, you know, I'll try, you know, Facebook ads, and maybe I'll even try following up a couple of times a week. It's if you don't do this, you won't be successful. That's why you're here. So kind of just soak that up guys. Um, Eric, a couple more questions real quick. I got a hand raised. Uh, all right. So listen, I don't know why it's saying Tanner. I don't know who's th this is. <laughs> um, it's so weird. I don't know. Somebody's name is Tanner Tanner, but uh, say your name, whoever I just uh, allowed to talk there. I'm sorry. I, I don't know why Zoom has your name as Tanner, unless your name's really Tanner, that would um, be which, which is rare. So I just allowed you to talk. Um, if you could just say your name. Hey, this is TJ, not Tanner. Uh, I know. Does it say I'm Tanner on your side, TJ? Title. What's that? Does it say Tanner on your side? <laughs> uh, yeah, it does. Uh, for, oh, yeah. All right. Well, I'm seeing whatever. it in the chat with a couple other people too. It must be a <laughs> Zoom. Tanners today. Go know. ahead. Go ahead, TJ. Uh, anyway, uh, Eric. So with the new uh, craze with ChatGPT, I was wondering with uh, Facebook, how how Facebook's reacting to that. Are they identifying AI generated content and penalizing for it, or is it a non-factor? Is it something that hasn't come up yet? Or um, what's your thoughts on that? It hasn't come up too too much yet, um, at least in any of the discussions and, and groups and stuff I'm in. Um, I have to imagine, though, uh, yes, it will become something. Uh, Facebook is really, really heavy on their AI to reject ads and some of that sort of stuff. Like some of our clients know every now and then we'll be like, hey, sorry, like your ad got rejected because of blah, blah, blah reason. We're on it. It'll be a couple of days. Um, so Facebook's AI is really, really heavy on that. Sometimes it's not the best and it will reject ads. So I have no doubt. Um, if there's not already plans to, they will be uh, implementing stuff to avoid that because uh, Facebook loves to. So it'll be the same thing. Like what I, I, I personally, I know it's, it's going to come, um, but I think you can, if you, if you can, you can use that for ideas. You can spin that on your own. I mean, that's what I think chat GBT is really good for is ideas um, to help speed up the process of you thinking how to frame something before you put it out. That's what it's good. It's like having an assistant. Hey, what do you think about this chat GPT? And then you can use that, those ideas and spin it into your own content. Um, yeah. Any other questions? Just raise your hand if you have another question. Um, yeah, I hit the uh, question because this is, this is one I get a lot. Um, how do you respond uh, when a client says they're too busy to make an appointment or they just want to send pictures and get an estimate? So you'll hear this awesome a lot. Question. Great question. I get this all the time. I answer this like once a week, I swear. Uh, so if they tell you they're too busy, um, they're not ready for an estimate right now. They want to wait a couple weeks. They want to wait a couple months. These all under like come down to basically the same thing. Um, the way I handle this objection is what I call feel felt found. Okay. Um, so Vincent, I totally understand how you feel. I've talked to an awful lot of people who have felt the same way, but what I found is, and then this is like the important part, but what I found is a lot of those same people really benefited from having somebody come out to the house, show them some of the different colors they had in mind, and ultimately leaving them with that price right down to the penny. That way, when they are ready and things did change, they already knew how much it was going to cost and they could plan and budget from there. So that being said, Vincent, when are you and your wife normally available in the morning, afternoon, or evening? I just go right into it, right? Um, that's what we found is the is the best way to do that because you're acknowledging you understand them 
you're being relatable saying you've had other people that have felt the same way, which is true. Right. Um, and then how it's going to be a benefit to them. That's okay. If you're not ready for a couple months, here's what we found is beneficial for those people planning and budgeting, already having the project ahead of time. And then you're in the house and we all know a lot of times when we're in the house, the story changes. Um, and we actually have the opportunity to sell. So, and you can use that for all of those. They're too busy right now. They want to wait a couple months to get their estimate done, et cetera. Right. You'll get that a lot in different variations. Fantastic. Um, got another question. Um, what other ways would you say really help scale your business once you have ads and your business is on Google flyers, you know, door hangers with promo? We're going to cover that, Jose, probably a little bit later. Um, let's keep, you know, kind of just answer the Facebook related questions for right now, but we will hit on those. Um, let's see. I got one. What are your thoughts on pre-qualifying leads during the initial phone call to save time on bad leads? Do you mind if I just hit on this for a sec, dude? Yeah, go for it. I'll get mine. I think that it depends on where you are in your business. I think you got to understand every single person that showcases any sort of interest is a gold mine just waiting for you to un uncover it. Now, whether that's true or not, um, it's, you know, that's a mindset thing, but I would be very apprehensive. And this is just my threshold here. I don't know if this is an accurate threshold, but if you're doing under $500,000 in one year, of gross revenue, you should never pre-qualify a lead over the phone. I think that is the worst thing you can do because not only are you missing out on reps, but you're missing out on potential opportunity that could help you springboard your business. You could take that, Eric. I just had to say that. Yeah, no, that's that's one of the big things. I, I have two parts of this and that's a big part of it. Um, yeah, I can't tell you how many painters I talk to. You got that another minute, bro, just so you know. Cool. I can't tell you how many painters I talk to that, uh, you know, are telling me they're qualifying leads over the phone, but they're booked out for a week. Right. Like get, just like Tanner said, get the reps in, uh, be very honest with yourself and where are you at in business? Have you earned the right to pre-qualify leads over the phone? That's kind of the way I like to think about it. And a lot of times we, we haven't yet. A lot of times we need the reps. We need to work on our sales process and you only get better by doing right. Um, the other thing I would say is what do you mean when you're saying pre-qualifying that can mean a lot of different things. Even for a more established company, if you notice in that framework, I'm going to pre-qualify in a handful of ways, but I'm not going to ask them like, what's their budget for the project or whatever. That's up to me as the sales rep to sell it. But I am going to ask what exactly are you planning with the project? Get the scope of, you know, the rough scope of what they're planning. And if I know I have a three bedroom minimum or, you know, I'm, you know, not going to do this part of cabinets, but I'm going to do this part or, or what have you, then that's when I can find out some of that stuff. So I'm going to qualify it in other ways, like size of project area, both decision makers. That's how I'm typically qualifying, not um, income or some of those other pieces, which I think is what a lot of people normally do. Eric, man, I want to thank you. Um, how can people get in touch with you? Um, just so you guys know, Eric uh, does actually for his clients, he does bi-weekly coaching calls. So if you- No, like, no, 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 those are twice a week, dude. Yeah, bi-weekly. Not twice a week. Oh, I, I misheard that. I thought you were saying like every other week. I'm no, sorry. <laughs> actually, sorry. Well, whatever. You guys get it. Twice a week. Uh, yeah. Coaching calls um, where he, he invests in his, uh, you know, his customers uh, and really they become partners. Real quick, can you just explain the done for you program that you have or done with you? Excuse me. Can you just hit on that? I'll give you two minutes to hit on that. And then we got to we got to move on. Yeah, we rolled this out uh, a couple months ago. It's been really, really cool where instead of um, 
us just doing the ads for you. Um, we actually show you how to do that, right? Like you guys kind of heard me talk about a lot of setting it up actually isn't that difficult once you just understand it. And the reality is what we found is um, all of our best clients that just like got stupid results, right? It was just insane. Were the people that understood marketing principles and had involvement and could, you know, give some feedback, right? Give some ideologies on how their market is different and what have you. Um, we found those are the people just that were exceptional, right? Um, so we rolled out a program where not only do we coach you on the appointment setting and sales side and those calls, but we also pair you up with one of our coaches who's been trained by me and my coaches to actually walk you through and help you build out the ads and your internal marketing um, right alongside you, more or less. Eric, there's some more questions that you can answer in the Q&A. 